Tune you in now to the LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll. With your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. <laughs> All right. Hey, welcome to the LBX Daily Show today. Awesome. Okay. So we, Brandon and I are pretty excited. We have a super special guest with us today. Um, and so we're going to do a quick introduction and then we're going to bring them on stage and we're going to have a really serious talk today about something that's, um, you know, quite uh, impactful to uh, a lot of FECs and LBEs uh, recently and in the past few years. So anyway, today, um, our very special guest embodies the spirit of innovation and safety in the amusement world. Joining us in the studio is Drew Tewksbury, the Director of Sales and Marketing at McGallan Allied Specialty Insurance. With over 25 years of experience in risk management and insurance, specifically tailored to the unique demands of the industry, Drew is a wellspring of knowledge and expertise. Drew's journey is one of depth and dedication, and truly it is. <laughs> he's not just an insurance expert, he's been hands-on with festivals, fairs, and amusement rides. His work is developing safety standards. His work in developing safety standards has shaped the way the industry operates, ensuring fun is always paired with safety. But Drew's impact doesn't just end there. He's re he's re he's renowned for creating and growing several of the industry's most successful insurance and risk management programs, and his contributions as a nationally recognized expert in the amusement safety arena are unparalleled. What truly sets Drew apart is his approach with his clients. It's about understanding, education, and protecting. He's the guy who's there for his clients, even at two in the morning when things go sideways. Away from the world of thrills and spills, Drew leads an adventurous life, scaling peaks and fishing in serene trout streams. <laughs> his commitment to community, integrity, and family speaks volumes about the man behind the professional accolades. Anyway, we invite Drew to the show today. Um, we are super excited, and he's going to talk today uh, with us about how to prepare if an active shooter incident occurs at our facilities. So welcome awesome. to the show, Drew. Welcome, wow. Drew. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's humbling. I and mean, this is such a, a cool platform. And what a great uh, what great messaging and, 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 and effort that you're putting out there to grab everybody in this wonderful industry together. And, and I think it's only through this collaborative type of a setting do we get, do we actually evolve. So this is cool. Thanks. I'm excited to talk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, what we want to do is just hand it over to you, and we're just going to have a dialogue a little bit back and forth. But um, I know you've got a couple of slides you want to walk through and some information you want to carry, uh, you want to take us through. So I'm going to throw that up on stage now and um, yeah, just take take it away, and you know, we'll have a conversation around this. Wonderful. I think you, you can flip past this first one. I, 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 Christine, you did such a great job in setting up the topic. Um, you know, usually I try to try to be super upbeat in, in whatever we talk about. Um, you know, we're, we're in the in industry of fun and that's what our business is. And, mm. um, you know, t talks like this are pretty heavy. And we, uh, we delivered our first talk on active shooter back in 2020. And for those of you that were at the IAPA FEC summit in Stone Mountain, Georgia, um, it went for about an hour and a half and, um, you know, you could have sat there and, and, and had a pin drop, uh, on stage with Todd Munsell and, and, uh, some of my partners with proactive response group, um, it was it was impactful in in that we're addressing a topic here that that nobody wants to talk about, but we have to really accept and realize and, and prepare for. And so many people have thought over the years that you know you see active shootings at and active shooter events, mass shootings at you know churches. You see them sadly, 
you know, at anywhere, you know, people are, are, are gathering and um, schools are just an awful, awful place. And, and, you know, you look at this chart here where you go back to 2017 and, you know, the gun, gun violence um, talks about, you know, 348 mass shootings up to 560 in, in 2023 so far through this year. And it just, it, it blows my mind that, um, you know, mass shootings and mass casualty events, you know, it really is categorized as anything over you know, four individuals in an event, but it always seemed like it was happening somewhere else. And, um, and now it doesn't. Um, unfortunately, we all sat and, you know, we're glued to the television and glued to the internet to, to watch the, the awful events of, of Maine two weeks ago. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was a bowling center and then a bar and, you know, the bowling center thing just kind of wham, it hit me upside the head with a two by four. And it just made me think how many people in our industry really are taking this as a serious threat to their employees and to their guests. And, you know, we, we talk all the time about in our business about how we grow revenue and, and, you know, you're focusing on all of these things. And so little time is spent to go, wow, we can do a great job growing our revenue, but and we got to protect our employees and protect our, our patrons. So I don't know, maybe we can just, you know, in this dialogue is talk about a couple of ideas that, 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 that I have that I've gained through um, my, my okay. proactive response group in, in what a, a well-run company should be thinking about from active shooter response training. So, you know, what we really look at is certain risk management techniques and, and this, you know, you don't have to be disabled to do this guys. This is, this is something that, 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 you know, even the smallest mom and pop FEC or bowling center or roller rink or FEC or LBE out there, it's, it all starts with putting together a, a well-written active shooter workplace violence policy and recognizing that there are things that you can do as an organization to, you know, to train your, your, your staff. And, you know, there's a lot of different training models out there. I think that many of us had, have had the, the experience or been exposed to the run fight, run, hide fight model. And mm-hmm. a lot of things like Red Cross and your local uh, authorities having jurisdiction are going to talk about run, hide fight. And, um, you know, I think back to a story about me, I, uh, I was, this goes back to probably, I think it was like 2018 or, or 19. Um, I was delivering a speech for IAPA out in Maryland at, at Six Flags. And the, the topic that I was talking about was um, these crazy events called wilding, where, where you get groups of, of, of rambunctious teenagers. Now that I'm 50, almost 55 years old, I can call them rambunctious teenagers and be the old <laughs> man in the room, right? But um, you, know, so you get these groups of teenagers and they get all crazy. And what they do is they do these coordinated efforts through social media to have these mm. big, massive gatherings. And they'll call it like, so like you know, like Christine's going to have a fight with Brandon at seven o'clock in the mm-hmm. food court. Come be, go be there. And and what happens is they they, they, they get hundreds and hundreds of kids you know, in the middle of a fairground or in the middle of a, out in front of an FEC or, or what have yeah. you. And it draws away all of the, the, um, the resources and the, the police and the sheriff, they go to that. Meanwhile, there's a group of bad actors in the back of the park or the back of the mall or the back of the fair that start stealing and committing acts of violence. So long story short is I'm out there in Maryland to deliver the speech for IAPA and, and, um, as usual, I get a little anxious about this stuff. And I woke up about three in the morning, hotel room, I flip up the, the news and, 
sure enough, it was the, um, you know, the, the, the tragedy out in Las Vegas was going on. And, um, you know, so we went through our, our, our presentation and I, I did a joint presentation with a, a woman from, um, Homeland Security that was just fantastic. And, and then we spent the afternoon at Six Flags going through active shooter training in, in a live, um, you know, a, a blank fire, but a live incident with actors and, and, and police and fire and EMS and this whole thing. And the whole situation was built around run, hide or fight. And, and I found out something that I, that I guess I had suppressed from childhood trauma. I'm really crappy at hiding. <laughs> you know, I, they said, go, you it's know, not your game. Hey, no, it's not my, you know, I'm terrible at hiding. And I got, I got, uh, you know, I got shot by one of the bad guys within like the first three minutes. And, and, and as I think back at that and, and think about what I've learned from my partners at proactive is really, there's three key things that, that you can teach and work with your, your team on. And those are the, they're, they, in this slide here, we talk about recognize, respond, and survive. And recognizing is really understanding all of those things that you should be looking out for as a business owner in our community, in the LBX community. It's, it's you know, understanding, are there different trends in how people are acting? Are, do you have folks that are disgruntled employees? Do you have folks that are going through challenges, whether they be through challenges, through substance abuse, emotional challenges, mental challenges, um, home challenges? Are people becoming withdrawn? Are people looking, uh, you know, looking at different things on social media or making social media posts about violence? Or are they saying things in the workplace? You know, it's recognizing those certain signs that that you may see. And it's not just in the employees, but if employees are sharing about, you know, they've got protective orders against spouses or partners out there, those types of things that are all kind of those early warning signs that if you're not paying attention to them, you're not even going to notice them. Um, so is there a way that you have taught or trained staff in the past to be able to recognize these cues? I mean, I think for some people it's natural. They get it. They they can see it. But I mean, what about for some of these young kids that haven't got a ton of experience or they don't get these emotional things? Like how, how do you train? You know, it, it, you've got to expose them to it and you've got to have real hard conversations. And, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of our, our employees in this industry are under 18. You know, we have seasonal work and so forth. And a lot of them don't have the emotional maturity to really anticipate or to recognize that. And and candidly, they should be the first line of defense because so many of them, as soon as they get hired, you know, they're Instagram friends right away or Facebook friends right away or following each other on Twitter or what have you. And training them and having a hard conversation with them saying, guys, you know, guys and girls, young people, this is a reality of today. And and while you, 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 you know, you, you, you haven't, thankfully been exposed to a bunch of this potential violence. I mean, you do see it in the media and so on, but it's letting them know that, Hey, we, we, we'd want to be on the lookout. If you see postings from, from your friends that, that work here or threats or things like that, if you, you know, if you see something, say something, it's as simple as that. We hear a lot of it. If it seems out of the ordinary, it's better to be safe and better to bring it to management's attention than mm -hmm. to be quiet about it and, and worry that you're going to lose a friend or, you know, upset a relationship or, or things like that. So, you know, when we're, when we're working with, with companies and, and 
um, and trying to help. It's just, it's making people aware to, to, to see something, say something and look for those, those signs. I mean, if you, you, you see the guy, you know, the stereotypical kid with the, the black jacket on, you know, the, 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 the drifter jacket, like, like, like Clint Eastwood would wear. And all he's doing is looking at guns and ammo magazine all day long and things like that. Then, then maybe there's something that you need to be worried about. Mm-hmm. I, I think you bring up um, a good point, though, here, too, about this uh, getting your staff to actually say something is you have to create mm-hmm. that culture within your organization so that they will say something mm-hmm. and make a safe space for them to be able to share those things. Otherwise, they won't. Like, that's what happens is after shooter incidents, I remember people saying, oh, I thought that was really weird. And they never said anything. So it's always yeah. encouraging them and giving them the space to be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a wonderful video series out put out by the the Sandy Hook um it's like the Sandy Hook Society, I believe. Um, you can Google it and find them. Um, I'm sure they're available all over YouTube. But they're these wonderful videos. You know, that was a horrible event. Like, what, 22 children or whatever that was. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, we're, we're, we're just senselessly mowed down. And that out from it is, is just this immense um, catalog of training materials. And they have, in particular, one really wonderful video that is about the recognized portion of this. And you go through five minutes of this video of us in a school and when you're done and you see what actually happens, and then they take you back and show you all the signs and the cues that you missed because mm-hmm. you weren't paying attention and weren't listening. Um, it's absolutely, it, it's, it's just makes your jaw drop when you realize that. So I think, so recognizing all of those potential things and saying something, are, is is the first line and it's huge the second piece of it is is is, is response and that is is you know if, if you see something happening it's do something okay you know don't just sit there and and wait and don't sit there and become the victim right so many people freeze and you know i can't i can't and won't lie when when i was in that active shooter training situation i was scared to death and I knew it was fake, but I saw the guy in the, in the dark boots and, you know, I knew who it was and what was going on in that fake 45 stand staring me in the face, 50 year old man. I was scared and I knew it was fake. It's hard to, hard to work past that, but you've got to f- muster up the energy and figure out what to do to respond to that situation and, and, and getting, getting a hold of the people that need to get a hold of making sure you do everything you can to, to survive. And I'm, I, I, you know, I'm not doing this justice proactive does a great job and we'll talk about them in a moment, but, um, you know, practice these things, you know, and highlighted here in the middle is, is rehearse, you know, it, it is, we, we, we talk about this and other things that I do, but, you know, you think about when you're kids, we, we do, we practice fire drills, right. At, at school yeah. or turn, you know, I'm in the Midwest and we did tornado drills and, um, you know, I don't know if, you know, out in the, the left coast, they do earthquake drills, whatever, but, um, you know, it's okay to sit there. And, and once you get trained is practice that training. And, and, you know, the great thing is, is what we really promote is a train the trainer type of a situation because of the transient nature and the, the, the sick, the, um, seasonality of our labor force in this industry, you really got to train people year over year over year, and you have to repeat it. You have to remind them um, how to do that. Um, so, you know, those are those are important things. You know, you, you limit access to buildings. Make sure you got plenty of security cameras. All the things that are, I guess, the commonplace, the the, the blocking and tackling of security have to be important. Um, 
exit interviews if you terminate somebody, make, you know, make notes if they're, if they threaten anything at you or if they're really pissed off or they're this or that. You got you to make sure on top of those things. Um, those are those are really really important, and I think the last part on the risk management techniques is you know there there is active shooter and workplace violence insurance coverage out there, and this this you know this conversation day isn't about insurance. This is about what you need to do to to make sure you don't need the insurance. But God forbid you do. Um, there's an there's a wonderful program out there. The last piece of this though is is the survive piece, and and you see you know when we talk about run hide fight. In this model, it's recognize, respond, and survive. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to survive. And, and and in our industry, they talk about, I've heard, had you know, if we've done this 10 times, we've done it 100. And they, they talk about, well, you know, I, I, what am I going to, you know, what do I do with uh, getting the guests out or employees out of the building? What do I do if I have to, you know, we're, we're just wrapping up a four-piece video series on active shooter training for carnival midways and fairs and festivals it's going to be released at iapa next week and you know there are a lot of questions so do we take do we get the people off the rides do we get people off the top of a ferris wheel or do we get people off a go-kart track if there's a shooter no and i know that sounds crazy no go save yourself get out of there you're useless to anybody if you're not around and you they, they've studied patterns of active shooter situations and they're going for the easiest targets folks okay they're going for groups that's why the tragedy at sandy hook was so sick and awful because it was a group of children all huddled together in a corner all right it wasn't the the, the coward didn't go out and seek out somebody room to room to room they, they were all in the corner they're not going to sit there and try and pick somebody off at the top of a ferris wheel they're going to look at everybody that's hiding behind that table over there you know, and you fight, you throw things, you throw chairs, you throw books, you throw pops, bottles of water, you throw your cell phone, throw your, you know, you throw your Yeti mug at them, whatever it is, anything that you can do to disengage that person for that moment, you're going to help many, many, many people. And that's the survive part of it is you just got to go out there and do whatever it takes to survive. So. I think I think there's there's two things that I've taken away from this. First of all, it's interesting. I would not have thought of of just the fact that you save yourself at some level, like leave the people who are you know kind of high and like and out of the way. And and I know it's maybe different with you know LBE level of tractions or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, you know, because those tend to be less elevated. But um, so first of all, I didn't even think about that as that being the right path or the right method. Um, but I see there's there's two things. And, and the first one is, you know, when you talk about communicate your policy, your policy to all employees, like this goes back to a couple of days ago, uh, Christine was talking about a trampoline park mm-hmm. who who had um, it, incidentally wasn't trampolines. It was uh, just a foam pit. And there were so many incidents, incidents of, of injury, severe injury. Like, yeah, like an enormous amount. Um, I'm like, unfathomable amount but the the reason was that they they may have had rules or a policy in place where they didn't have as a culture in place a culture of safety a culture of awareness a culture of trust that i can come and communicate and 
um, you know, recognize and communicate that recognition. So while, while I think like having a policy is certainly important and it probably is important, at least as far as insurance coverage is concerned and liability, um, but and it's documented policy. But more importantly, I think it's about having that right culture to to make sure that everybody is looking out, not just for physical harm, like within the attractions, you know, culture of safety, but a culture of safety as far as being aware of who's entering and exiting the building, who, you know, the employees and the people around me and like, are there weird signs, that kind of thing. But that's just overall culture, um, I think is so important. It's, um, you're, you're spot on, man. It, it It's one of those things, that, and that comes from the top down. You know, it, it, it comes from the the, the, the the organizational leadership and that culture of safety has to be as, you know, woven into the fabric of that organization just as much as the, um, the, 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 the morals, the ethics and the, um, the values of that organization. So mm-hmm. I think those are, I mean, those are just, those are all just critical things that they've got to do. And, um, you know, it, uh, um, it, it's it's a t- it's a tough subject, folks. But you know, when you, when when you when you recognize, you respond, and you survive, um, and you're aware, you are going to have a much better chance of of coming out of one of these awful situations than if you just turn a blind eye to it. And there's so many resources, and 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 you know, we work very closely with Proactive Response Group. They're going to be with us in IAPA next week at the beginning of the week. Um, I talked to them this morning, and they said since they had. Um, since the incident in in Maine two weeks ago, they they've had you know like fifty different FECs reach out to them in large yeah. large franchise group and and the cost mm-hmm. to, to to your company out there you know those of you that are listening to this podcast is is negligible compared to the cost if you don't do something mm-hmm. you know I read a quote the other day said nothing changes if nothing changes mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so you got to make the time you got to invest in this and it's not going away. It's not going to, and and I and, and sadly, I think it's only going to get worse. And mm-hmm. it's to not today is the time. It's you know, you, you, people will sit there and say one day we'll get around to it. Well, make tomorrow day one. Get to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I really loved what you said here about um, you know, um, running a role play of the situation, mm-hmm. and not just once a year either. I think this is something that needs to be done on a monthly basis because you know how it is. You get people get stage fright. You know, all of a sudden you're like, okay, I've been trained in a scenario. Now you need to really expose them to that and that fear because people are going to stop and they're going to freeze when something like that happens. And they need to at least have some techniques. Like I love the idea of throwing the phone or just throwing something to activate their systems mm-hmm. to get them back into. Uh, you know, out of that freeze mode, like how do they get out of the freeze mode and how do they help themselves get away and protect themselves? I think that's really important. hundred percent. Don't be a victim, you know, and, and you can control to the extent that you control it. Don't be a victim. And if you fight, if you fight and you do what's necessary to survive, I, I don't want to make guarantees to anybody, but I'll almost guarantee you that if you survive, you're going to bring a lot of people along with you. And that at the end of the day is really the, the 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 important part about it if you choose to be a victim and you choose not to do something you choose to hide behind a you know ply plywood desk you're you, you are not going to make it and the people around you aren't so mm-hmm. so think about what you would do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean you you mentioned and we don't need to pull it up here but you mentioned on the second uh, on the last slide here to have regular refresher training every employee must be trained so not only do you have a plan in place but you also recommend, and you know, in, in proactive response group recommends 
that you are doing regular. Like, it's almost like you have to build that muscle memory. It's yeah. like in sports. It's like in anything else where I'm not even thinking. I know exactly right. what needs to happen. I know exactly where I'm going. I know where the exits are. I know who I'm going to grab where. Like, and just have that rehearsed and do that on such a regular basis that you're not even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Spot, on. Spot yeah. on. It's yeah. uh, it's not rocket science, but it's uh, it's it's something that is a difference between saving your life and others and just take it seriously, folks. It's, it's real. And there are resources out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess maybe one of the last things I'll say anyway, is like the, we're all busy. And I, and I feel like maybe, like you said, like we just kick this can down the road and this is something that like, well, it's the same as you know, what we look, we look at uh, ride and attraction safety. This is human life safety. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this, we have to be as diligent about, building this muscle memory, making sure there's a culture of safety as this, as far as this concerned, instilled in the, uh, instilled inside of our venues. Like, I mean, I feel like this is just as important as all the other ride and attraction safety that we could, you know, that we, that we focus on. Well, there, there, there isn't Brandon. I'll, 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 I'll close, I guess, with one story that, that is really recent. I was, um, I was at a concert on, on Sunday night, you know, and okay. I know it was a school night, but I was at a concert on Sunday night. And okay. You're not, you're not in, you're, you're not in school. So it's okay. I, I know, you're, I was, you're grounded. <laughs> right, I'm grounded. Darn it. Darn it again. Um, but I was, so I was sitting there and, and one of the, just out of habit, and it's because I was trained, but out of habit, I immediately, when I'm in any kind of a venue, I look up and I look and see if there are sprinklers. And then I look for the exit <laughs> signs, right? But I look for the exit signs because as humans were taught, you know, it just, and you even notice it next time you go to, in any building or you go to a movie theater, what have you, you go in, you come out the same door, you go in. There may th- be three or four other exits, but you go out the same door, you go, it's just, it's human nature. But I, so I'm sitting there and because I've been trained, I look around and I see, all right, I got, I got three different exits. What's the quickest? What is the easiest? Mm-hmm. What happens? Where's the surge going to go? And this is all going through my head in 30 seconds. And we're maybe 15, 20 minutes into the concert. And um, all and all of a sudden there were like four or five speaker pops, you know, and you, you know how speakers mm-hmm. pop and crack if they don't, wow. the soundboard doesn't have right. Three or five. Speakers. Now, not a single person in there flinched. Okay. I immediately started moving towards an exit. And that's because I've been through this training so many times to recognize what isn't normal, right? And I knew what where to go. Now, part of that, you may say, well, you're just a neurotic 54-year-old man at a, you know, Grateful Dead cover band concert. But the, the, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is those pops could very well have been gunshots going off in the bar that was attached to the venue or outside in the street because it was a, a, a rougher neighborhood, whatever it is. To me, that was a cue of my senses were up. I knew where I had to go and I was aware of it. That doesn't happen without training. If you're listening to this podcast, get your staff, get your employees, get your friends, get your family trained so that they have that sense of awareness. It's not living scared, folks. Mm -hmm. I'm not scared. All right. What I am is aware. And you need to make sure that your team is aware. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I love that. And I, I think you you really wrapped up with the last point I was going to ask is, I mean, sure, as uh, operators and as our with our staff, we all have to know how to handle it. But really, we have a responsibility as individuals now, unfortunately, mm-hmm. with the way things are to take accountability for ourselves and know what to do in these situations as well. Right on. So thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Drew. Well, thank you so much. This was this has been an amazing special edition of the LBX Daily Show and uh, the information you brought, the the passion and concern and care you brought to this conversation was uh, was amazing. So, thank you very much. And um, yeah, so to all of our LBXers, we will see you very soon. Uh, stay tuned. Be aware. Be prepared. And keep kicking ass. Bye, guys. Thank you.